Welcome to The Final Word with Jeff and Aaron. I'm Jeff. And I'm Aaron. And today we're going to play a little game about uh, social construction. But before we do, hey, Aaron, did you know elephants can't jump? Huh. I mean, that honestly makes a ton of sense. It really it's, does. It's very much not something I've ever thought about. Right. But it was, do they, it was, they don't really have like, like calves or like, or feet per se. Like, it's just like a stump as a leg. <laughs> just a stump of a leg. Um, yeah, it's one of those things. It's like, well, yeah, of course they can't jump. But right, I never they're really also about it. very, very large. So which is probably why they have the trunk so they can reach up way high in like trees and whatnot to pull leaves I down. I can see that. Because like yeah. if you look at a giraffe, they can actually get on their they don't dr- jump per se, but they can get on their hind legs. That was kind of the uh, part of the article was saying that, the, you know, most predators and stuff, they can jump for uh, like advantageous Prey. yeah advantages. But like, uh, you know, elephant doesn't need to have much protection. Yeah. Well, it's giant size is what it's protection. As far as I know, I think an elephant, at least on land, is the only land animal that has no natural predators really i hmm yeah i guess i've never seen like anything try to take down an elephant aside yeah, from you know a human which yeah. is not where we, we we are unnatural apparently and i don't know i've i don't know about whales i've never i don't know if sharks will attack well a whale i'm pretty or not. sure a whale won't attack an elephant either true like, i'm talking about just you know animals in general that like uh, do whales have natural predators I thought we were talking about elephants, predators, and whale is pretty far from it. I mean, that would actually be pretty fantastic. Somebody needs to do a YouTube video of a whale versus uh, whale versus elephant battle. I mean, honestly, that that fight ends very quickly, and that's when the elephant stumbles into the water and probably can't swim as well as jump. Or the whale somehow, you know, ends up on the beach and and is beached, and and a whale I mean, is gonna die. Things, yeah, one of these two things is. Uh, you know, easier than the others. Indeed. Um, Indeed. So basically, I, you know, when we start these off and we have the facts, I kind of just scroll through a random list of facts. And today's I ran into elephants can't jump. And I was like, is that does that even qualify as a fact? I mean, that yeah, it's true. But I mean, like, that is a fact. Like, it's very much a fact. Well, to kind of even more point into the fact that this quote unquote fact is kind of a pointless thing to say. Uh, after Googling it around, because I always want to make sure that the facts are actually true, because I always right, get them absolutely. from dodgy websites. I, I came across this Quora question, which if you don't know what Quora is, it's like a, a, a um, shoot, what's the word? Um, where a whole bunch of people work together to do something. Uh, community-based question and answering service. Mm-hmm. Do you know what you know what Quora is, right? I don't think I do. Q-U-O-R-A? Yeah, Quora. Okay, I must, I, yeah, I know I know what Quora is. I've just never really, anyways. Said it out loud? Yeah. Yeah, I kind of just yeah, took a stab actually, in the dark with that pronunciation. Yeah, that's Hopefully actually right. kind of interesting. Yeah, um, I know exactly what you're talking about. Anyway, so the Quora question is, elephant can't, elephants can't jump. Are there any other animals that can't? Uh, and the first response is, jellyfish. The sh- I disagree. I kind of think like they jump in the water the way they, you know, the way they swim. I it's like disagree with your statement entirely. I don't think that qualifies as jumping. I mean, I'm pretty sure you, you need jump legs within, to jump. I don't know. Like, is it can you is there a form of underwater jumping? 
Uh, I mean, you could talk about flying fish and how they jump out of the water, but yeah. I, f- I feel like the act of jumping is to elevate yourself above your normal location through I mean, physical means of your own. Well, that's exactly what a jellyfish is doing. A jellyfish, but within the water is its normal location. The, right, within but then the it air just goes is not up, mine. Right, but it goes up in the water and it is above its other location. No, no, no. Very specifically, I'm saying within its normal location. For instance, oh, within a jellyfish its normal, can be anywhere. Okay, I see what you're right. saying. I see what so you're saying. If, if my normal elevates, lo- yeah, my normal it, location is my feet are on the ground, not floating in the air. Right. If you can elevate yourself out of your normal location with some form of locomotion that comes from you yourself, I think that is jumping. Okay, what, I can go with that. Which is I why, mean, you know, flying fish, I would say, is jumping. Okay, I, I can go with that. Um, I, I, I found that, uh, I did a quick search for elephant can't jump and found a science article and I really appreciate the, um, the first couple of sentence, uh, despite what you may have seen in your Saturday morning cartoons, elephants can't jump according to a video by the Smithsonian. And there's one simple reason they don't have to. Yes. Yeah. That's basically (laughs) it. Yeah. I just, I kind of love that reason. What kind of cartoons are you watching where elephants are all jumping around? I've never seen. Either have I. There's a link. I'm going to actually open up the link. Um, yeah, this is just a a video. I have no idea what what cartoons are elephants jumping in. But... So, so I think this is more of a pseudo fact, a meta fact, if you will. But here's a real one. Uh, did you know the kangaroo cat, kangaroo rat, uh, can go its entire life without water? How? Which is about three to five years. That's impressive. It is impressive until you think about two facts. One, it's very small. True. And two, it eats a lot of hydrated seeds. Mm, interesting. Yeah. See, huh. the, the statement is it goes without drinking water. Right. Not that it goes without it, water. It it. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, I can go several yeah. days without water, but that's just because I eat a whole bunch of like cantaloupe. Yeah, I think I think that would work. I know um, it's worked. There's definitely been days I've gone without water just because the food I was eating was very wait. Is this hydrated. real? What are you looking at? An elephant dr- jumping on a trampoline. Well, clearly it can't be because, as we know, elephants uh-huh. can't jump. Right, but but yeah, no, this is very much CGI. Okay, I wow. thought maybe like you know they got an elephant on a trampoline and like it can bend its legs and. Get It'd some have to be kind a of momentum. Massive trampoline. It was a pretty massive. I mean, it's again, it's CGI. It's a pretty massive trampoline. Okay. Um, I was just looking up elephants jumping in just cartoons. to see what you can find. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm I mean, assuming, they do do that thing where they kind of like rear up, but yeah, I'm assuming like probably in the cartoon Babar or Baybar. Do you know that one? Uh, that's, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, again, they're, they're really just humans with elephant heads. True. I feel. I feel like we have destroyed this fact. Pretty pretty thoroughly. Yeah. Um, so mo- moving on to our main topic. So before we get to our main topic, topic, I'm gonna oh, I'm gonna, so we're gonna preface, move on to it and then immediately go before it. <laughs> nice. Well, I'm gonna preface the main topic and just in general. So Jeff and I have not really left our houses in a number of days now because we are being responsible citizens. Yes. So that's what both we can of, call it now. Yes. Yes. Actually, that's not true. I did go over to my parents' house the other day, but <gasps> scandalous. Yes, um, but 
we're, our energy levels are, 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 you know, they're not the highest in the world. Hopefully as, as I mean, I think I'm bringing it, but yeah, yeah I, I mean, I've, yeah, yeah. Just, just an FYI, like it kind of makes sense. There's just kind of this general, general malaise going on. You should have saved that for the final word. Oh, I figured, did, did you not know what malaise means? I would did, but I could have played it off as like, oh, is it like a glaze you put on a cookie? Yeah. Oh but man, if you this knew cookie it. has a really good malaise to it. Yeah. Uh, hmm. Anyways. Um, so with that in mind, our goal for this conversation is. So I'm going to stop you right there because I've changed my mind at how this oh, is going to work. You've changed your mind. All right. Never mind. So it, it, what, what this originally was going to be is we were going to discuss how to build a utopia in society. But that's not nearly as fun as what I'm thinking of now. Okay, what are you thinking of now? Okay, we're going to play a game. Okay. And here's how the game starts. For some inexplicable reason, you, Aaron Pinsker, has been nominated as the supreme ruler of the world. Huh. And as everyone knows, automation has become a bit of a thorn in society's side in terms of it's going to be taking everybody's job. So you, Aaron, have 100 years to get society prepared for this incoming threat of automation and make the world uh, successful without with, with the the newfound glory that is automation. I see. Can so, you do this? Okay. Well, first of all, I'm in my 30s and, and if I live another 100 years, that would be very impressive. So, Well, you just have to get the ball rolling. I see, but then I'm not going to know for sure if we're going to be ready in 100 years. It doesn't matter. The the point of the game is, uh, what would you have to do to take our society, if you had complete power over society, Mm -hmm. what would you do And by society, you mean the entire world, not just the U.S.? Yes, the entire world. Okay. So, there would be a number of things I would do. Unfortunately, you cannot directly control human nature, because if you could- Very true. You, if you could, could directly control human nature, the the easiest thing to do to stop all of the crap in the world is just everybody stop being a dick. Just be <laughs> a good person. And like that would pretty much solve everything. And we could be like, oh, we're all in this together. Sweet. So sadly, that is not the case, at least not yet, um, though. And hopefully, you know, like 300 years in the age of Star Trek, we will have uh, evolved past our petty differences. Um, well, not that more along the lines of our petty differences won't be at a societal level anymore. They'll just be at an individual level. Not according to Gene Roddenberry. He wanted zero uh, interpersonal conflict in the next generation. But why? That's such a boring show then. Well, it was that's all of if you watch the next generation, pretty much all of the conflict comes without from outside the crew. Like the crew is this perfectly working machine and everybody gets along and there's no conflict oh, within the crew. Um that, you know, most of the other conflict, it's coming from potentially other humans, but usually aliens, um, because humans have become uh, enlightened beings. That seems um, like a, a very not self-centered. What's the word I'm looking for? Arrogant hubris, view of how arrogant. Arrogant. <laughs> that's a good word. Yeah. Um, but but again, um, that is an unlikely scenario. So I just looked up um, a quote from uh, Picard and Star Trek First Contact that sort of um, references the enlightened society. So he's talking with Lily Sloan. She's the the woman from 21st Century Earth. 
Um, oh, okay. I think I remember that episode. Yeah. Uh, movie. It's the the movie First Contact. I mean, they're all episodes. Yeah. Hey, well, so it's the so Star Trek First Contact. They end up going back in time, fight the Borg. It's a whole thing. Kind of irrelevant. So Picard is having a conversation with a woman from the 21st century. And um, Lily asks him how they built the Enterprise and how much did the Enterprise cost to build. Picard responds, the economics of the future are somewhat different. You see, money doesn't exist in the 24th century. To which Lily responds, no money, that means you don't get paid. To which Picard responds, the acquisition of wealth is no longer the driving force in our lives. We work to better ourselves and the rest of humanity. Yeah, it's a bit pompous. It um, is pompous, but I mean, it, it's, a, it's a nice thought. I mean, and it actually kind of makes a lot of sense. In reality, the reason money exists is it was, you know, we start off far, far back with bartering. I have mm-hmm. a cow, you have some grain, I'll trade you my cow for some grain. Right. Uh, but that got really complicated, and so they started saying, okay, I have this token, it represents my cow, right. uh, and you have some tokens that represent your grain, you want to just switch those so that I can exchange them, and, and to the point where eventually we had money, and people realized, well, now if I just have all the money, I don't have to do anything else. Right. And it's, I mean, and it basically it's, um, we moved from bartering to just having kind of a fixed price on things. Yeah, um, but we haven't exchange rate. Yeah, right. But things really haven't changed significantly since. I mean, whenever we started bartering, which is probably, you know, millennia ago. Um, yeah, and I think the reason why the society and and Star Trek works is they have the ability to replicate anything from ex- anything. Exactly. So that I feel, I think, um, the the replicator in Star Trek kind of led to the utopian society because there was no longer want like you just say give me whatever and there it is and so once you have that ability you don't need money you don't need to go out and buy um buy something from the store because you can just have a replicator um so you know if i was the supreme ruler Obviously, um, I would not be able to create a replicator out of scratch. That would be pretty yeah. We're gonna awesome. have to come up with our utopia without such you know futuristic mm-hmm. technologies. But it would essentially. So, in my vision, and I'm definitely gonna go from a socialist standpoint here. Um, I would. I don't think I could outright eliminate money. Like that's that's something that's too ingrained in society to just get rid of. Um, but I would, I mean, yes and no, like with the, um, ever rising popularity of credit cards, money is becoming more and more abstracted. Um, well, I mean, we mean I could, you know, outlaw maybe physical money, but I don't well, think I'm not I talking could about outlaw. I'm talking about like a societal shift from this idea of like, yeah, right. that's not happening, but yeah. we're getting closer we're, and closer. We are. I mean, the problem is, is the underlying motivation for most people um i mean honestly anybody really is to provide for yourself and your family so you can survive uh in order to do that you need a way to get water and to get food and to get shelter and in order to do that you need to rely on somebody else and that usually you know that somebody else isn't just going to out of the goodness of their heart, say, hey, live here and eat my food because they also have to get food and they have to be able to maintain your place and and whatnot. And this is, I think, where automation comes in. 
Right. Well, yeah. So automation could do a lot, um, both good and bad. You know, the fear right now is, you know, automation is going to get rid of jobs. And if you get rid of jobs, people aren't going to be able to make money to live where they need to live and eat what they need to eat and whatnot. So my my ultimate goal would be um, not go so far as like communism where everybody's on equal footing and, you know, every nobody really gets paid per se, um, but it would be those that have the most resources for whatever reason, um, whether that's they were born into it or they are just good at what they do. The more you have, the more you put into society. So, um, you know, graded taxes. And- right. Which is kind of, again, a socialist kind of view of things, not a capitalist view where the more you have good, good for you, you can make more. So, you know, the idea would be if you are a trillionaire. Well, if, if you might be hearing my cat in the background, by the way, she's could not hear her. Oh, that's good. She's she's remember your the microphone that we use is extremely location and uh, direction sensitive. True, and she's also being incredibly cute right now. She's lying on her back with her belly in the air. Um, I think I think she wants to either go outside or be pet. Anyways, with that little side tangent out of the way, the for again the ultimate goal, yeah, the ultimate goal would be those that have the most provide the most to society. Those that don't have a lot get a lot out of society so you basically kind of try and even the playing field and then eventually the playing field will just be even naturally so do you so think we, this policy this this philosophy has any chance of survival i think it would be very 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 difficult at first there would be a ton of pushback uh, especially in the u.s where capitalism reigns supreme and um, it would be extremely difficult to convince certain very, very wealthy people that they must give back significantly to society. Um, there would be a lot of friction and there would be a lot of anger. But again, if I was supreme ruler and I had full control, I could force that now to back up a little bit. There could be revolutions in revolt that try to, you know, overthrow me. I'm going ign- <laughs> to I'm going to just ignore that. I'm going to say that's not a possibility. Yeah, let's just ignore human nature. Um, so I think, you know, we probably go through a good generation of anger and frustration and um, probably a little bit of fear of, you know, the government's trying to take what is rightfully mine and whatnot. Um, I think it would be somewhat similar to. Uh, the abolition of slavery where that was, I mean, we went through a civil war because of it and it took a good generation plus for people to actually probably took them like two or three generations. I mean, I mean we're people still are dealing still with it. bitter about it. Right. But essentially like we've gotten to a point now where I think most everybody in the U S at least can admit like, okay, slavery is a bad idea. I'm not saying that. I don't think that statement is accurate. (laughs) I mean, I think I'm not saying that we've gotten rid of racism by any means. Um, I think the majority of people can recognize, yeah, slavery was not a great period in our society. I'm not saying everybody because there's going to definitely be a subset that are not. But 
that subset that that dissidence is never going to go away, at least not anytime soon. But again, we went through a period of a civil war. We went through the civil rights era. It was I mean, it was basically 100 years from the civil war to the civil rights era. Um, and we were still dealing with racism and we obviously are still now today. But um, we're getting better. And so I feel that this a similar type of thing could happen with a shift from capitalism to socialism. Um, and again, as supreme ruler, I would have more control over that, which would be pretty awesome. Right. Um, then beyond that, um, you would be able to, you know, if we have automation that can handle some of the menial tasks that we hate doing um i mean i'm thinking like uh i don't know janitorial work or you know checking out at the grocery store i mean we've, we're already there with self-checkout um you know even things like bus drivers and uh just any pub- public transportation drivers like there's a lot of things that automation could take over And so you would have these gaps in society where people who aren't well educated or, um, you know, didn't don't don't want to, you know, go into business or the sciences or law or whatnot. There would be a gap in society for those people. So we would have to figure out, okay, those that would be perfectly happy and wanting to be the dress bus driver or the janitor or the checkout person at a grocery store. Do you or, think those people truly exist though? I don't know. I don't know. Um, do you think I there's think, somebody who's actually wants to do those jobs or do you think those are jobs that people do because that's the job that they do? I, you know, I don't know. I do I don't know. Um, I mean, I do know of like, I've talked to some of the like baristas at Starbucks and they actually oh, really yeah. enjoy their job. Or um, there's even some of the bus drivers like that. Oh, have yeah, taken no. the bus. They they I, actually they enjoy their job. I'm not saying that's necessarily necessarily what they wanted to do, but they're doing it and they're happy with it. Um, <laughs> See, I'm a, I if if I was in this position, I would attack the problem from a slightly different route. So, I've heard the like mentality that uh, it kind of sucks that we're getting to this place where robots are going to be taking all the jobs, and we hate that. Like, wouldn't it make more sense for us to go, oh, thank God, goodness, the robot is going to take the job so I don't have to do it anymore. That's wonderful. But because of the society we live in, it's more like, oh, no, that's one more thing I could have been doing to get money. So right, my- that's the, right. That's the issue. It's not so much this, um, oh, my God, the robot is going to be doing this. It's, oh, my God, the robot is going to be taking my job, my right. my my um my well, my my ability to to survive. Um, And so my route focuses more on avoiding that issue. And so I would, I would put all of my focus in um, making sure that uh, basically people have all of their basic needs met. You know, people need shelter, food, and water. Those are the three things that people need. Uh, You're not going to get by with anything less than shelter, food, and water. Everything else is more or less a perk. Mm -hmm. And so food and water um, I think can be almost entirely automated at a certain point. Like farming for is for more or less is kind of unfortunate, but we could eventually get to the point where lab grown meat is 
successful and tasty and people don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, and that'd be pretty sweet. I mean, we've already seen it with the Impossible Project that people have gotten kind of okay with the idea of having meatless um, meat. As long as it, <laughs> yeah, meatless meat, as long as it looks, tastes, and has the right texture. There's yeah. always going to be those pockets of people that are like, no, give me real. Anyways. Yeah. Um, but so, so my, I would put all of my resources into funding projects that can make it so that every person in the world has access to food and water. Uh, shelter's a little bit harder because people, you know, like to have a lot of space and you can't just say, okay, cool. I've put a prefabbed, uh, apartment mm-hmm. complex. You can just live in it for free. Mm-hmm. People won't necessarily like that, but we can still yeah. do that. Yeah. Uh, and so once we get to the point where those three features are met, I think we'd get a lot less resistance to this idea of basically I want to get to the point where if someone doesn't make an income whatsoever, they still live a pretty acceptable life. And then everything that they do on top of that makes their life better. Right. It's just kind of like a part. I think, well, so two things. One, there is the concept of a universal um, basic income that Andy Yang and Will Steyer have um, uh, made more popular than it has been, not so much a fringe idea. That would help on some level. The idea would be, I just you know, don't think like, it's sustainable. Well, yes and no. Like, I, I understand what you're saying as far as like it not necessarily being sustainable because like, okay, everybody now gets $1,000 a month or so. Society would eventually adjust so that $1,000 is kind of meaningless. Um, there's there's that thought. There's the thought that people wouldn't necessarily use it correctly. There's the thought right. that um, uh, where's that thousand dollars coming from? Because, you know, we have three uh, three hundred million people in the U.S. That mm-hmm. becomes help me out with the math here. Uh, how many? How many? Three hundred and thirty million people in the U.S. times a thousand would be. Is that are we in the billions? Was, no, we're in trillions. the trillions. We are at three point three. Yeah, three three point three trillion. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 3.3 trillion. I can't do mental math. I may be a a PhD in applied mathematics, but you can't ask me to multiply two numbers in my head and figure it out. Yeah, I'm terrible at that too. Uh, 33 trillion. 33 trillion. Which, yeah, every every month. And that's a crazy amount of money. Now, you could say that that's going to be coming from... um, Oh, wait. No, no, no. What am I talking about? Million... No, 33 billion. Okay, still every month. That's a crazy amount of money. Yeah, um, it is. I, I, and you could say but, that it's going to come from taxes of the rich people, but we've already seen they're not going to do that. Well, exa- so that's again. But as the supreme ruler, you could make that happen. Right. But see, I'm, I'm thinking it a little bit more strategically. Like, yeah, I could just flat out say you're doing this, but I'm trying to figure out how can I do this with the least amount of pushback? Subterfuge. Yeah. You're trying to convince Basically, people you know it's the right way. I'll be honest. This is what my goal is. My goal is to make it so that the people who have trillions of dollars basically have trillions of worthless. Like, yeah, yeah you have so much money. It doesn't actually matter. No one cares. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the way you do that is you you start pushing from below mm-hmm. and basically make it so that the minimum um, uh, quality of life is already pretty much guaranteed at a certain level. And mm-hmm. I think that's where automation is going to really come in its stride. Uh, if we can just keep pushing forward. So what I would yeah. do is I would just start enacting a lot of policies that are like, hey, let's just start re- researching um, uh, aut- completely automated um, farming pro- practices and completely automated all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I think for for me, 
the hardest part and kind of the fear I would run into is humans need to feel somewhat um they they need to have a sense of of worth they need to to have a sense of i'm playing a part in society or or like i'm not just existing to exist like i understand that i i it's kind of funny i'm looking at um meow behind you who's just meow's my cat yep she just kind of stood up Yawned, shook She's around a little very bit. Regally, I'd say. Yeah, she she lied back down for a little bit. Like cats are perfectly content doing nothing, and some people are also perfectly content doing nothing. Right, and so the problem is that, like, I'm the type of person that if I have nothing to do, I have a bad tendency of just not doing anything. Same. And suddenly, if I didn't have to work. Or if I like if everything was just provided to me, even on the most basic level. Yep. You get water, food and shelter. It's not good food and it's not great shelter. Right. But it would make it for me personally. It would be difficult for me to actually do stuff. Is that a problem? Because again, for me, you're saying it's a problem for you that you wouldn't be forced to do things. But that's kind of like counterintuitive, right? Like, if that is truly a problem, you would, in this scenario, eventually do something. See, and I disagree with you because what would happen, and, I, and again, I can only speak for myself, but I can definitely much create, definitely create this scenario where, okay, suddenly I don't have to work to, you know, to pay my bills, to get food, to get water, to get shelter, whatnot. I don't have to do anything for that. And so I end up really not doing anything. Well, then I'm going to get really kind of depressed and sad. And then I'm going to not be able to snap out of that. If you didn't snap out of it is way too simple of a word. I'm not going to be able to find the motivation to be able to to crawl back out of the hole that you built. Right. So like, yeah, I'll be surviving, but it'd be a crappy, crappy life. And the problem is I could see. I could see that spreading to throughout society and creating this. Just, I'm going to use the word malaise again, this general malaise in society where you have a, a large subset of society just as a lump, like not doing anything. Okay, and, and this is where my true evil tendencies come out. I don't care. Like, the reality is if those people are living and they're, yeah, they're miserable, but they're miserable because they won't do anything to fix it. And that's where, and, and that's where I would come in as somebody different. Um, or coming with a different point of view. So my feeling as far as government is concerned is the government is exists to support its people and to help its people. And if there's a large subset of my people that are miserable, it is the government's job to help them. And it's like, all- like that's I- like the same idea of like universal health care. You know, mental health is just as important as physical health. So, uh, again, in this society, like universal health care would definitely still exist as well as mental and uh, physical. Um, so pe- these people that uh, are, you know, trapped in their depression caves uh, could mm-hmm. seek help if they so chose. A lot of people won't because that's yeah. just how the world works. Yeah. But again, I feel like that's no longer my problem. As see, and I, and is- I see. And I, I see what you're going for as more of a dystopia than anything else. 
see, it's but here's the thing. We're just we're just looking at the people who I guess I'll say it as take advantage of this new system. Think of all the other people who now are free of the ability, the necessity to do a nine to five uh, fast food job or a nine to five uh, grocers job and can go do some art or uh, entertainment of some sort. I feel like if we got rid of the base needs for everyone, if you got it so that everyone gets uh, a fair amount of water, food and shelter, the creativity of the world would increase drastically. And not only that, but you'd probably have people who want to help the other people like i, I feel like there'd be a huge balancing effect here and, and it's and it's funny because i like to i'm i'm very much a cynical person um but i do have a sliver of optimism and idealism um and there are definitely people who would want to help and there's definitely people who would want to provide meaning for other people I just don't think it would be enough in the short term. Hopefully, the idea would eventually we would evolve mentally to be, you know, like Star Trek, where we're just out to better each other and we want to explore and learn and expand our knowledge. So do you and think, I think that's a fantastic, fantastic thing right, to again, strive the, for? The people we see in Star Trek are the people who did something interesting enough to be on screen. I bet you anything that society is filled with people who are just like, hey, I can just sit around watching YouTube all day. This is great. Or I guess I should say Star Trek YouTube, whatever it may have been. I'm, yeah, potentially. I mean, I think obviously, you know, the idea is that that's not the case. Um, but you can't just say that. Like in a society where all of their needs are met and they want for nothing, as Picard even said, there are going to be those people. And okay, you either can so... address them or not. Have you seen the show The Good Place? I've only seen like the first season or so. Okay. So don't uh, don't talk about it too much. Okay. Shoot. All right. I can't really talk about it at all because it would be very apt to this conversation. Um, I ah. just basically, try, I'm trying, my point is obviously utopia doesn't exist. That's kind of the, the thesis of this entire conversation is there's no actual way to get to utopia. See, and I disagree. I think there is a way to get to a utopia. It will take a lot of time and a lot of effort. And, you know, it's going back to the Star Trek thing. Utopia came out of World War Three. Like Utopia didn't just happen naturally. Utopia happened because the world destroyed itself and had to be and had to rebuild. And then ultimately it came out of the fact that, you know, the Vulcans visited Earth and we suddenly like, oh, my God, we're not alone in the universe. Um, Totally different thing. But. People I, need to have meaning in their life to see. I think you're, you're generalizing too much. I think there are tons of people who do not need nor care for a meaning in their life. There's probably tons of people who just don't want this, but that's a completely different conversation that we probably don't want to get yeah, into right now. Yeah. I mean, um, for me, per, like as I, if I think about, people i know and obviously you know my my group of friends and 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 whatnot is not exactly a scientific cross-section of, of humanity um there is not a single person i know who doesn't doesn't have some something in their life doesn't okay let me let me try and rephrase that everybody i know has something in their life that provides meaning to them there is sure. nobody I know that is just simply existing because they exist. But my um, problem is you're um, 
you're basically dismissing this idea of make sure that everyone's basic needs are met. And then from there, it's up to them to make their lives have meaning because it's going to have a society, a group of, of people who choose to not do that and just end up being lumps. See, and I'm and I saying, would... I, regardless of what utopia you have, you will always have lumps. You'll always have the bad actors who just because they don't like it will fight mm-hmm. against you. Well, and you know what? That's great that they're fighting against me. That's 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 they're they're doing something about it. If they're just sitting there doing nothing, I will have felt like I have failed in my role as supreme leader. I, I want like everybody thinking I of want the larger every, scope of everyone. No, because I want everybody to be happy. I want everyone to have meaning in their life. I don't want just the basic needs provided to people. That to me is not a utopia. To me, that's just a. A, a almost one step above a dystopia. I, I don't think you're getting entirely what I'm putting down. My idea is you stop, you start with make sure everyone has their basic needs met. Make sure that nobody, unless, you know, they absolutely choose to, uh, will live a completely destitute life. They'll, everyone will have water. Everyone will have food. Everyone will have shelter. Everyone will probably have the internet because I think that's an essential human right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, allow society to grow on top of this base. Like, I'm, I'm saying the problem necessarily with the society that we have is we don't have a good foundation anymore. Our foundation rests on this group of completely destitute people who uh, they can't get out of their, their mm-hmm, positions mm-hmm. because of how capitalism works. Mm-hmm. And so I'm saying, let's instead of worrying about how we redistribute the wealth of, at the top, let's build a stronger base that we can then grow this utopia on top of. That's how I'm phrasing it. I'm not saying the role of the government is exclusively to do these three things, food, water, shelter. I'm mm-hmm. saying step one, we need a better base. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't disagree with that at all. My, my, my disagreement with you is just simply being fine with the people that are lumps. Well, it's um, more along the lines of I don't think you can do anything about them. Like aside from providing them mental health care, which again, in this perfect mm-hmm. society that doesn't exist would be provided mm-hmm. i think some people it just through the sheer numbers are going to be lumps because that is what they choose to do and they're probably mm-hmm. happy with it. maybe maybe i guess i just i come from it from the standpoint of um yes we need to provide to everybody everybody needs to be able to survive period whether that means some, you know, they just have their absolute basic needs met or it means they are, you know, active members of society. Um, I guess. So I've always had the problem of, um, you know, there's the saying, you can't see the, the forest through, forest the, trees. through the trees. Yeah, I am the flip side. I can't see the trees through the within the forest. I see the big picture. So it's hard for me to start which is with step funny because one. You're currently focusing on the small picture, which is no, the, I disagree. The, the that, few pockets. No, see, I disagree. That is the the big picture is to get to a point where everybody feels like they are an active member of society and happy and want to live in this world. But see, that's imposing your idea of what happiness is on everyone else. Some people don't no. think being a part of society is uh, what gives them happiness. And that's and that would be totally fine. That's totally fine if they don't want to be a part of 
this society or if they want to just sit home and do nothing. If that's actually what they want to do, that's awesome and go about it. But coming from the standpoint of knowing how depression manifests itself. Sure. Um, there's going to be a lot of people in society who are just going to be not happy. And that is something I struggle with because. So what's your alternative? I don't have one right now. That's that's where I'm thinking. Uh, that's that's why I'm like I said, I'm I get stuck on the big picture. Um, so where so, I would have to start is. Um, so let's let's start this way. Do you agree that rebuilding the base, as I have described it, is probably a good step one? Absolutely. One hundred percent. OK, so now let's assume that we've gotten into the position where the base has been rebuilt. Everyone in this society has um, their base needs met. They they can get water, they can get food, they can get entertainment, all that kind of stuff um, to the best of their abilities. Um, but you've now entered this new world where most people are perfectly happy with this and will go and do other things. You, we probably get a lot of vloggers, I would imagine, uh, that kind of stuff. You know, you, you'd get a lot of people in the self-propelled um, entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'd probably just get a lot of socialites that just enjoy walking around, talking to people, that kind of stuff. But you also get the kind of people that, you know, uh, wake up every morning, don't do anything and are, I'm not going to say perfectly fine. Cause that kind of invalidates your point, but think to themselves, man, I could do so much better. And then they go back to bed. And these are the people that you have, uh, you, you have feel like you have lacked because you haven't helped them. Those are the people I feel like I have failed. So that specific person, even even on a single person level, what could you do? Again, we've already assumed that this new base level is the way to go. What could you do to further that person? You would need basically what you would have to provide. And again, obviously, you can't force people to do things. So there would absolutely be people who just don't want to do it, period. Whether yes. that yeah. whether whether they legitimately don't want to or they're just doing it because stubbornness spite whatnot um there would have to be a lot of outlets in society of learning and you can learn new skills you can be creative and all so of that, that type would just of stuff naturally develop and i, mean, I it don't already think has. It w- look at youtube youtube is a plethora of com- people who just for the fun of it do teaching things like there are yes, so many scientific is. channels. There are, and I agree with that. And and it's funny because I I'm coming across as um Yeah, it as started pessimistic. becoming me just attacking you. <laughs> well no 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 no. It's I'm I'm coming across as pessimistic and that and that's not what I'm trying to say, trying to be. Like I'm I feel like I'm coming across as saying, you know, the nature of humanity is if we don't have something to do we're not going to do it or if we don't have meaning in our lives we're not going to be able to find meaning and i i'm thinking basically once you've set up that base and everyone's happy i think what happens is you no longer are a supreme chancellor because you've done your thing and now your job the job that you want the most is to help these people like, I feel like whatever utopia you have, you're going to have these people. And the only way to fix it is if the people within you, the utopia, utopia 
choose to make it their outlet to fix them. Not fix them. That's the wrong word. Mm-hmm. To help them. If they choose to have help. Yeah. I, I, just, I, just, I just, I think, I, I think utopia needs to be more than just providing people with their basic needs. It needs to be more than that. Now, well, that is a great start and that is a necessary start, but that cannot be the end goal and it cannot be, um, just be the goal. It needs the to be the start. Force. I, I, again, I come from the side where I don't think utopia can exist perfectly i think you can have oh it absolutely can't exist perfectly i agree with you there did you say can't can't yeah it can't yeah, okay there is no such thing as a perfect utopia right um I, and i think what would happen is if you rebuilt this base and then let society grow upon it you would get to a point where a huge majority of people are extremely satisfied with their existence um i'm using very very bland words because i don't want to be hyperbolic mm-hmm. um but I feel like no matter what you do, no matter what scenario you build, even Gene Rottenberry's uh, Star Trek, there will be people who just do not contribute, do not want to contribute, and are unhappy because of that. And the reason I believe this is I know too many people in my... One of my biggest pet peeves is when somebody complains about something and then refuses to do anything about it. Mm-hmm. Like, what what's the point of complaining if you're not going to even try? Mm-hmm. And I know too many people who are like this, and that's why I know... No matter what utopia you have or what pseudo utopia you have, you will always have that sector of of humanity who's just like, I'm sad, but I'm not going to do anything about fixing my sadness. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. No, and I get what, and I, I again, I totally understand what you're saying. And I would struggle as the supreme leader or just honestly myself. Um, I would struggle not seeing that part of society and feeling like, okay. Everybody else is doing really well. These people are not doing really well. What do we do? How do we fix that? Um, and see, in my mind, it's like, I have, I have done my best. I have given the proper tools to everyone to thrive. These people have not thri- thrived? Thriven? What is the- Thrived? 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 Yeah. These um, people have not- Yeah, I think it's thrived. I think that's like- I think- it, Anyways, continue. These, sorry. These people have not thrived. That is not my failing. That is their failing. And- I, and that's where that's the fundamental disagreement of that is the failing of humanity and how as failing a, of human nature, really. Right. And in order to have a true utopia, which even again, if it's not perfect, even if it's not a perfect utopia, we need to um, have a massive paradigm shift of what it means to be a person and what it means to live. And what it means to, okay, you're not just living to survive anymore. You are living because. Right. And I think um, if everyone's basic needs are met, that paradigm will naturally happen. That paradigm shift will naturally happen just because people will start realizing that they don't need to fend for themselves in that aspect. But hey, we could we could talk circles about this all day long because apparently we found one of the, the rare things that we both have vastly different opinions on it's true um, which is just true. dangerous uh for yeah. conversation lengths well and um, you also uh you start talking in circles um, yeah exactly because i mean we're talking about completely philosophical things uh, that yeah. have no real basis although i do believe we could get to the point where those three basic needs are completely met by automation um but potentially potentially i don't disagree with you there 
Um, so, I mean, but we would have to. The problem right now with automation is I think we have to prepare society for it first. Right. Well, we have to know we have to basically promise society of your needs will always be met, even if your job has been taken right. away by a robot. Right. We have to do that before anything else. With that, with that lovely bit being said, um, final word time, because we are we are we've talked for a while now. Yeah, uh, I, probably, I don't know how engaging that conversation was. I realized very quickly, I, I, I went to my closet, I pulled out my soapbox, I put it down on the ground, climbed on top of it, and then proceeded to talk for about a half hour. That's, you know what, that's why we got the podcast. It's your platform. It's our platform. Um, okay. Final so, word me. Zertz. Zertz. X-E-R-T-Z. Okay, okay. So. I'm going to see, I'm going to take a wild step at this, but anytime an X is in a word, it usually has to do with something that's external to you. Uh, like for instance, xenophobic is you're afraid of people outside of your nation. So zerts, I'm going to go with, well, there's also zertsies. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to go with foreign actors. Foreign actors. Not actors. Got... Yeah. Not yeah, actors I know what you mean. like, yeah, yeah, you yeah. got it. Um, actually, I kind of like that. No, no, not at all. Was I even remotely close with the X thing? Kind of, actually, in some ways, but not entirely, because it's actually kind of the opposite of that. Um, Super. It means to gulp something down quickly and or in a gritty fashion. Say the word again? Zertz. X-E-R-T-Z. Zertz. How do you use that in a sentence? He He zerks that water down quickly? Um, I think it's a, yeah, it's a verb. So he zerts that water down. Yeah. Quickly. That's or he just zerts that water. Drink water. I know it's a really random word, but I, like I it. say I like it kind it. of fit with you because you're taking something external. You are putting it internal, but you're starting with the external. Yeah. So anyways. Okay. Well, but, Hey, if you've enjoyed this podcast, which I hope you have, uh, please share it with a friend. It's the only way we're ever going to, uh, grow larger than we already are. Uh, which indeed, is indeed, nine. Indeed. Um, yes, that's right. We've picked up a new one. No. Uh, yeah. So thanks for listening. You got any final words? Wait, um, you got any final statements? Do I have statements? any final thoughts? Yeah, there we go. Um, stay home, social oh, distancing, yeah. wash your hands. We are still in the COVID, uh, yep. catastrophe. We, we will get through this, but everybody needs to play their part. Actually, that's, dang it. The whole premise of this podcast, which now no one will ever know because it's at the very end was the idea that I wonder if Corona will lead to a oh, better yeah, yeah. society That's just true. because everybody's everyone's having being forced to play their to part together. Yeah. Hopefully. Anyways. Okay. Peace y'all. Hey everyone. It's Aaron. Sorry for interrupting the beautiful outro music. Jeff and I forgot to mention at the end of this podcast that next week, um, we are planning on, reviewing discussing the movie the iron giant because actually neither jeff nor i have seen it so we thought it would be a a fun thing to discuss and both of us enjoyed talking about dunkirk so hopefully this will be another fun episode um so if you have not seen iron giant or you would like to rewatch it or whatnot i would highly suggest doing so before our next podcast and with that i'm going to continue the outro music <laughs>